Hi, this is Rainier. This is Eric Rainier's dad. And welcome back to the Business On Purpose podcast, where we, father and son, talk about business, business education, and the desire to do good. And welcome back to the to the third and wrap-up episode of this series we've been doing on giving advice to people considering business school. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the previous episodes, in the first one, we kind of talked about, you know, getting to know your professors, talked about networking, um, very much, you know, it's not about where you go, it's about how you go mm-hmm. and how, mm-hmm. sort of how to, how to control the experience you get out of business school. Absolutely. In the second episode, we talked about, you know, sort of tracking and sort of keeping that 10,000 foot view on your experience by journaling your impact, you know, figuring out what you do like, what you don't like, uh, where you've had an impact and what's had an impact on you and how you can communicate that to others and also internalize that to understand what you really want to do as a person. The impact journal. The impact journal. Yeah, something that something that we've been talking about very frequently since that episode. Actually. Yeah, I love that idea. Cool. And in this episode, we're going to talk about business school for the non-business students. Mm. Specifically those students who want to create some kind of social good and see the opportunity of coming to business school. Something that my dad is going to talk a little more about. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Dad. Nice. So, yeah, so business school for non-business students. So... What we wanted to reflect on with this last episode is the fact that there is a growing trend, and this has been happening for, mm-hmm. I would say, the last uh, mm-hmm. 10 years or so, of young people who go to business school because they see business as the platform for social change, or at least the platform that they want to use to make a difference in the world. Mm, interesting. And um, what's notable about that, and, and that's why we wanted to say this at the outset, is... It didn't used to be that way. So in other words, uh, there are young people that in the past, because of their desire to make a difference in the world, they might get a degree in, you know, sort of public policy or sociology or maybe social work or environmental studies or, uh, I don't know, African-American studies, women's studies, and a, a, whole, a, num- a number of other maybe humanities sort of focused programs, perhaps, mm-hmm. because they saw those as having a direct, a more direct connection to their this desire they have to make a difference. And of course, that's still happening. However, there's a number of these students, and I don't have in front of me the specific numbers on this, but it is definitely a trend where there are a lot of these students now that see business school mm. uh, as, as I said before, the mechanism, the lever that they want to use to uh, to move the world. Yeah, less a less a less a data backed up claim as more of a like anecdotal cultural observation based claim. Absolutely, yeah, I, we, and we, it's we, one and it's one that I have certainly um, read about. Um, I've observed in my own career. I mean, so I, I go back. My undergrad degree was in environmental studies. Exactly. And so that's a you know, actually environmental studies and sociology. So I'm sort of a good sort of poster child for. Uh, I would have honestly, I don't know if I would have never thought about business. Yeah. Interestingly, even though my uh, parents both worked in businesses, kind of in the healthcare area, um, logging, financial accounting, and and so forth. I would have never thought about it myself, and now I teach in a business school and teach these students. So that's probably enough on that. Um, so uh, what we're exploring is the fact that these, um, I don't know, unconventional or this new kind of business mm. student uh, fits what Rainier was saying at the beginning, which is that they're, they're sort of non-business students, or maybe we could say non-traditional business students, uh, and they find themselves in a business school. And what we wanted to reflect on is, and maybe provide some insight around, is I think many of the listeners to this will perhaps fit that um, profile of a kind of a non-business student who wants to make a difference and they find themselves wanting to go or in a business school. And so we have some reflections on 
uh, what that experience might be like, maybe some advice for success there mm. for the non-business student in business school. Yeah. So uh, Rainier is kind of one of those students, so he's going to provide some initial thoughts here. We'll see where the conversation goes. Yeah, before I do that, you know, I, in, in thinking about how this how this really kind of wraps up our our little three-part series here, I think I think looking back, you know, if you consider yourself to be a a student that is coming to college or, or sees yourself furthering your educational journey for the purpose of bettering the world, creating social good at some point, and you see the opportunity of going to business school as being a gateway to that, I think there are things you can do in going back to our first episode on this to control the curriculum, to get to know people that you see helping you do this that mm. have the same kind of values and, and being able to push that through your networking. And I think that's also something that you should stick very close to if you do the thing where, you know, you start journaling your impact and using an impact journal to kind of track your experiences, figure out where you like and where you see those the, mm. the, that potential to create social good. Because there are a lot of different ways to do that. And the way that you feel drawn to better the world, it may be different than another student. And it's important to figure out exactly what that is, what your niche is going to be um, as you kind of move through your career and figure out what it is you really want to do. So all that to say... Um, I think the way I, I think the way I kind of want to start this off is by talking a little bit about my own experience and then sort of wrap this up, wrap up my experience by giving a little warning to other students interested in the same kind of you know process as I am of, yes. of being interested in like creating social good but also going to business school, mm -hmm. uh, which a lot of people I think see as a, a very contradictory experience. Um, and rightfully so, I'm also going to say right off the bat, a lot of people don't don't feel super comfortable with business people or, or say that business people get a bad rep. In a lot of ways, I'm going to say that's completely deserved <laughs> because there are a lot of business people that are very detached and, and the way that they talk is very detached from real issues or, or real problems that they talk about. Um, and we also tend to speak with a fake, confident air and, and present ourselves, you know, really, really confidently. So that sometimes rubs people the wrong way, rightfully so. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of news stories, um, you know, and certainly you could say, you know, these are exceptions to the rule, but, but there, there are certainly plenty yeah. of news stories about business, businesses and business people, uh, you know, acting um, poorly. Yeah. And I just think of, you know, recently with the major stimulus packages that have come out around COVID, the amount of business, you know, the, 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 the purpose of the, the money for small businesses, for example, is supposed to be for small businesses particularly black and brown owned businesses. And of course, there's too many stories in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, other places where there are other larger businesses because they've got, they can, they can afford the accountants, you know, um, and others uh, who can take advantage of these, uh, these monies. So yeah. anyways, I'm just saying that, that this, um, the bad rap that business people have, <laughs> it can be deserved um, because of what we see in the media. Uh, and also, you know, Rainier and I are behind the scenes with even how business people are developed, you know, kind yeah. of a business culture, even in a business school, you can kind of see where that bad rap uh, would come from. Yeah. And so, and, and, and to talk about that a little more personally, I think um, in my experience, I came to, to the Penn State Smeal College of Business, again, not, not a non-business student that ended up going to business college, but as someone that knew that they wanted to go into business, but didn't really see themselves following the traditional business track of choosing one educational pathway, say in supply chain, for example, which is what my actual major is in, and then going through my four years, networking, finding an internship in supply chain, finding a job after graduation at a big company, probably doing something in supply chain, mm -hmm. um, and then you know finding the nice corporate job, right? That's kind of that's kind of the educational gateway that 
I think Penn State and other other business colleges really set up most of their students for is kind of this role filling system where you get trained as a, you get trained as a business student. You learn how to speak the language, you get mm-hmm. the knowledge, you get the know how, you get the basics of supply chain, of finance, of marketing, of sales, and then you go into a role at a big company where you have set responsibilities, set goals. And you can fill them great because, again, you've gone through that education. You've Absolutely. learned how to do that. Yeah. Totally legitimate, right? Totally legitimate. Totally yeah. legitimate. But there are other students like myself who wanted to get the knowledge, wanted to get the know-how, wanted to have the experience of being in a business school, but didn't really see themselves jumping into uh, the corporate, you know, the corporate cookie cutter grid of, you know, this is what I'm going to do post-grad is I'm going to contribute to a big company. Um in fact, I saw myself post-graduation doing a complete 180 and hopefully uh, at some point starting a social enterprise, you know, you know, in some way finding a way to create social good through the, through the, you know, the, the view of a business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, let me, let me at this point maybe share, can I share maybe that story that I mentioned before? Is this yeah, a good yeah, time go for on, that? go on. Yeah. So, uh, so I have a quick anecdote here from an interaction with a student over the years, um, that that gets to I, I think the experience of again sort of like the non business or the non traditional business student in a business school, um, and I had a, I had a student come up and in, in, in office hours over the last uh, few years, and I could tell that uh, that she was um, you know struggling a little bit in class and 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 she definitely fits this mold as she was taking business classes because I think she saw business needing to change ultimately and that. The, the world kind of runs on business, um, but she, she, her heart was really in kind of environmental issues in, in particular, um, number one, and social justice kind of issues, number two. Anyway, so she comes into my office hours, and um, and I just remember the look on her face was uh, was was pretty um, uh, distressed, and she could she didn't want to offend me. Mm. <laughs> I, I I remember, uh, and she was just like, you know, professor, I just the way we talk in a business class about the environment she's like i just really have a problem with it and i and i and i said well what do you mean and she said well there's just so much talk about competitiveness and cost reduction and profitability and people are always referred to as like consumers and and this kind of thing and um and i said to her i said i i I said i knew this class would be hard for you because i remember meeting with her even before this class and kind of warning her because understanding her background that the way we talk about environmental and social impact and social injustices in the business school is different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. different. Yeah, uh, and it's- I think for non-business students, again, non-traditional business students who are driven by this, as Rainier was saying, this desire to do good, the way we talk in a business school can seem kind of impersonal, <laughs> you know, frankly. Uh, it can seem a little bit detached. I think yeah. is also a good word. It can also seem maybe the last word I would say that that we that we kind of make abstractions out of sort of uh, what's really people's lives. You know, mm-hmm. people's livelihoods, the pain and suffering that people may feel, like in a in a deep supply chain, for example, the kinds of labor right violations that they might be experiencing, the kinds of environmental issues. You know, issues of pollution. Um, you know, for example. You know, in other classes, like in the environmental sciences and the social sciences, you are more likely to hear the human stories, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, and, and you're more yeah, likely to true. hear the environment almost speaking for itself right yeah. through the sciences. Mm-hmm. In business, you won't hear that. Yeah. You'll hear those things understood in economic language. 
Mm-hmm. And I think for some, uh, again, this non-business, traditional non-business student driven by a desire to make change, that can be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for somebody looking at business, look, there are a lot of, and, and thinking about myself as I was pre, pre-freshman time looking at business school, there are a lot of really good reasons to go to a business school that that we don't need to flesh all the way through, but but people talk a lot about how you know the business world is huge and, and there are so many cool innovations happening and really interesting developments. You know, in, in business you can be at like the cutting edge of technology and like cultural developments. And you can have real, real, you know, businesses have impact on a worldwide scale. Mm. That is very true. Yeah. The business world has this, has this. For good or bad, right? For good or bad, it, but it has an undeniable global impact. And there are a lot of cool things you can do with networking. There are always a lot of good opportunities in business schools and, and ways to really build great technical and non-technical skills. You can mm. build a lot of hard and soft skills being mm. in a business college. There are a lot of good reasons to go. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the things and a lot of the culture of business college, when you're not used to it, mm. can be really off-putting at times. And I if you have an example of that, or is there, are there are there faculty, or there, are, how how would you kind of characterize for someone who is just entering into business school? What's what's maybe a a kind of a conversation or a kind of a personality mm. that they might run into that is, you know, maybe sort of emblematic of of something that maybe have rubbed you the wrong way or. Uh, was off-putting perhaps because of yeah. their maybe dismissal of sort of social issues or environmental issues or whatever that might be. Yeah, and I, I think the way that business classes will oftentimes talk about supply chains is that when you talk about when you talk about manufacturers and people actually make a product, we talk about manufacturers and the laborers that work there as assets, as producers. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to somebody that works in environmental ecology or works on these very small scale community development projects, they'll talk about these people as people and like and like the amount of money they're making, their well-being, how whether or not they're able to support their families. Mm. Business paying people a fair wage is not the same as people being paid mm. and living on and, and and having a living wage. Oftentimes those two things are not are not seen as mm-hmm. um equal. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. the last example I was I would I would give is that you know in, in a lot of instances one of the greatest things you can do uh in a, in an internship for a business is help them find ways to save money. And a lot of ways that we usually help businesses find ways to save money is by helping them to cut costs. Mm-hmm. You know any any person in business will tell you that if you want to make more money, you can either sell more products, you can get more revenue. Or you can find a way to cut costs. You know that's the magic, the magic, yeah. the magic equation that basically runs all of business yeah. is profit is revenue minus costs, right? Yeah. And so when you get into these internship positions, you have a lot of opportunities to help people work on cost saving projects. That's and a lot the, of it, yeah. exactly. And and yeah. one of the and one of the easiest ways that businesses can try to save costs is if they're paying somebody to do a job for their business, like paying someone to manufacture something or move something to produce something or sell something, find somebody else to do it cheaper. That's like that's like one of the that's like one of the business secrets that if, if you want to go into a business internship, mm. you want to do well in the business, I guarantee you if they're paying somebody else to do something, mm-hmm. you will you will look like a genius if you're like, yeah. hey, I just found someone who can do it cheaper. We'll save this much money. Because that is like this huge groundbreaking thing where suddenly mm. they can make more money and, and that and, and making more money gives you the ability to do a lot more things. Mm-hmm. But the questions that don't get asked in a lot mm-hmm. of those situations are okay, by saving these costs. 
what are we what are we now paying this person to do how mm. are we getting this at a cheaper cost like mm. how how can you just suddenly get the same service the same product at a cheaper cost are they doing it more efficiently or are mm. they paying people less mm. are they using materials that were sourced unethically mm-hmm. like these are a lot of the questions that don't get asked in a lot of business settings because in business school you get taught to work on assumptions and on limited information. Mm. And you actually get applauded as a business student if you can make a really good outcome or a really good assertion based on that limited information. Yeah. I found and sound that, very confident doing so. Exactly. If you can sound really confident giving a pitch <laughs> or, or selling something based on limited information, developing a business model on just the bare bones information of what you know about a system or the people in it, you will be applauded and, and lauded as like a great, as a great contributor to the business school or, or to any wow. organization you work for. And I think, I think the, and I think as a, as a wrap up, the, the thing that I would warn students as hmm. is that yes, there is a lot of great knowledge, but you can see that oftentimes the worldview that business will present to you along with that knowledge is very, is very detached from the way that the world actually works. I think what I well, say. You got to repeat that. That's a really, really. This is a very important point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the knowledge that you get and the worldview that you get from business should be. It should, in, in my view, should be separated. Especially if you if you go into business school feeling a little bit uncomfortable with the way that these conversations are had, the way that things are talked about. Yeah, yeah. Go in for the knowledge, but but take the worldview they give you with a grain of salt. Because again, like, like you said, we, mm-hmm. we talk about people as if they're only producers and consumers. You know, are, are you willing to buy something? Would you mm-hmm. be willing to pay for it? Mm-hmm. Would you be able to work? Would you be willing to work this job for this pay? Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, like that's the way we think about things. Yeah. And to me, that can be very shocking um, it, it, <laughs> to, yeah. to someone who cares very much about people and, and cares about them more than just how much are we paying them or what are we selling them, you know, cares about their well-being, how they're living, mm. what's their family life like, mm. what's their actual emotional and psychological well-being outside of what's just their fiscal well-being. Um, Let me just repeat that in my own way, because I think that this, this, yeah, this, this point that Rainier is making, I think is very interesting. Again, for this non-traditional business student that finds herself or himself in business school, and I think there's sort of two overarching messages here that are that are coming out number one is i guess our contention our bias frankly of this podcast is that um the business has an outsized influence on the world we can maybe uh have opinions about whether that should be that way uh our view is it is that way yeah Uh, and, and and since that is true if you're one that wants to change the world in some at some scale local, regional, state, international, then it behooves you to, to pick up the skills and the tools of business. And the language. And the language of business. And the language. And we could even say the networks. And so all, all yeah, exactly. of pick up the skills, pick up the knowledge, the tools, um, the language, the networks of business, if you want to help sort of change the world and change business. That is fundamental. But I, I love what Rainier is saying here, that, that, that one has to do so in a very um, informed and conscious way. Yeah. So that you pick up the tools, you pick up the language, you pick up the networks, but you're careful. And this is not easier said than done, I think. Yeah. But, but you are careful not to pick up the world view, right? Yeah. So get the knowledge, but not the world view. Because again, just to repeat, the world view of business 
is that the way that that business the way that business people look at the world is the world is basically made up of just a marketplace of producers and consumers right and things that can be quantified economically have value and things that can't really be quantified economically don't have value. Yeah. They're, they, they're not really part of the uh, part of the equation. Things like you know, uh, you know, things like air quality, climate, the future, uh, you know, future generations, those kinds of things. You can't really get a number associated with those, so we don't really think about them, and they're not really part of the again the traditional way of of understanding how the world works, which is just relationships between consumers and. Uh, and producers. Mm -hmm. So this notion of, again, sort of pick up the tools and the resources and the knowledge, uh, try to leave the worldview uh, maybe behind, or at least understand it as only one kind of worldview among others, yeah. uh, is a way to be successful as, again, this kind of non-traditional business student. Very interesting. Yeah, no, it is. And it's, it's kind of funny because because business really only looks because, you know, something I would tell to somebody who doesn't understand business very well or is sort of coming into business with, again, this kind of, you know, almost like holding it at arm's length initially and not really sure whether it's for them. Uh, business really looks at people to the extent that it's like, can you contribute to the system or would you be willing to participate mm. in some way, either in playing a role in one of the core business functions in, in, in like helping to figure out how much something costs or how your operations work or how you market something or how you sell something, or would you be able to produce it yourself or buy it? Like, the, like those are the ways that the business thinks about people. And in a lot of ways that can be very alarming when what you want to do is mm. actually improve the well being of that person mm. rather than just to sell them something. Mm -hmm. And if that's what you want to do, I think, I think hold on to that very tightly mm. because the culture of business will tell you to let go or, or to, or to balance out your personal values with business benefits, which are wow. like, which are like finding yeah. a, finding a job with good benefits or finding mm. a well paying job or finding a job at a prestigious company or getting a really good network, it'll tell you to make sacrifices in your values, or it'll tell you that you can balance out these two things. Mm. And I'm telling you that you can actually, mm. that if mm. you choose to put your values at the forefront of what you do, there is still opportunity there, but that is not like, like there is still business opportunity there. Trust me, there's still ways to make a difference. There are still ways to get a job, to make money mm -hmm. and an opportunity there, but it's not what's being sold to you by a business college. I think yeah. that's that's what I've seen is like for those for those super mm. values driven people, they are not really the ones that business college is selling to right off the bat. Like they want to sell you the corporate job, they want to sell you the job mm. with decent benefits, with really good pay that looks really good, that looks really really good to people that are in college. And that's yeah. and, and one of the hardest things I've told students coming into Smeal is that you are going to feel a lot of pressure from your fellow students not outward not outwardly like hey you should work at this company you should go there just subconsciously from them going out and maybe getting the good corporate job or getting a great signing bonus or having a really good pay right off the bat or getting good benefits. And they'll say, "Hey, look at how great this is. I got a job at you know, big company X paying me Y amount mm -hmm. with Z benefits. Mm -hmm. And like, it's this many people and it's this great. 
But that's but if, if you feel like that's not really for you, or if you have this whispering in your mind that like mm. that's great, but I, I don't feel really drawn to that, like hold on to that and and and, and like really really like don't let that go mm. because trust me, there is still something out there for you. Mm. It's just not in the mainstream business culture, and that is completely fine. That is so good. We, let, we've let, we've held on to that as long as we've been in, <laughs> in business college. So never far. letting it go. Never letting it go. And man. and and, and here, here's an and here's sort of a visual that I have provided with students, and I'm really glad that Rainier just made that point. That was just uh, some really good stuff there. Is that most business schools, traditional business schools, like uh, like the one where we both uh, are currently, uh, which we love and appreciate. Um, uh, they have built what, in my mind, the, to me, the visual is like a super highway. Right. Mm -hmm. So so think about a super highway, right? Sort of like four lanes in both directions. And then that there's this like off ramp uh, that says like, you know, you can go this way, but there's all these like warning signs and you better put a helmet on and like buckle up. And to me, like that's the difference. In other words, most business students, the kind of the narrative that they're uh, that's communicated to them is to get on the super highway. Right. Entrance to major declare a major and through our excellent career centers, you know, end up in a big company. Yeah. And if that's your interest, there's a huge super highway built for you, right? Yeah. Um, if you're interested in doing something different, right, you kind of, kind of got to go off road, right? Then you got to do this off ramp. And there's again, this sign that says like warning. And to me, it's not as clear. Uh, this kind of goes to the impact journal because to me, if you're going off road, to me, it's not so much about like using your GIS to reach a destination. You're, you're, it's more like you're kind of constantly course correcting, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're sort of going, you're sort of, you're, you're going off road a little bit on your, on your own. And to be honest with you, it's a little bit more difficult, mm-hmm. right? It's more difficult because the peer pressure around you says that maybe this isn't the way you're going. And Rainier was just talking about that. Most of the resources, I think, in most traditional business schools are pointed towards, again, the super highway to a mm-hmm. big company. Again, totally legitimate and fine to do that, particularly, by the way, if you have a lot of debt, you know, like go get a big, you know, go get that job and pay off the debt. Um, but it's just to say that if you do want to do something different, you're going to have an experience that is a little bit more uncomfortable uh, for which, and maybe this connects to our first episode, for which you have to take even greater probably responsibility and be even more proactive mm-hmm. about kind of directing your experience because it is not the super highway. You yeah. kind of you're going to be driving off road a little bit, and um, you're going to kind of be making your own way. Yeah, and I'll tell you that the super highway, especially at a college like Penn State, is really really enticing because Penn State has like the best, most well kept super highway. Yeah. Like a lot of other business colleges out there. And it looks great. I mean, you come in, you get some great classes. There are great business clubs and organizations. You can get some really good experience here. And even post-grad, you've got huge career centers, a massive alumni network mm-hmm. that if you know how to properly network and talk to people can basically get you placed at any company where one of your fellow Penn State alumni works. Like it's 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 almost entirely faultless. I mean, I mean, Sneal boasts a near ninety nine, yeah. like almost a hundred percent placement rate for that exact reason. They are great at getting people through this highway and into corporate jobs, where likely where they already have people. And and I mean that that's the reason that Penn, that that business colleges do so well is they have partnerships with with businesses that frequently come and just re- recruit from the college because. They, they make it perfectly easy to get good experience yep. through internships and then come back and get full-time jobs later on. It is, it is very, very tempting because it is very, very secure. 
But if you're willing to take a little bit, if, if you're willing to take a little bit of risk, be a little bit, you know, headstrong, stay true to your values, and, and honestly, even a little bit stubborn, and, and maybe even a little bit obnoxious to other people at times, because they'll really want you to do this. Um, mm. And I, I want not not like obnoxious is in like you're annoying, but obnoxious is in you're sticking to your values and you're not deviating from them because mm. other people are going to want you to. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the really tempting thing I think is is a lot of times other people they want you to be on the same track they're on. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to be the best in that track. Mm-hmm. And they're uncomfortable if you deviate from that. Because suddenly you're going to go off and create something even better mm-hmm. from a mission. And you don't even care about what they're doing. And they're they're bothered by that. Because the, the, the whole part of the culture is very much like getting the best offer and finding the best jobs. And that like makes you the best student. But mm. that's, a, that's a side conversation entirely. But sticking to your values. And, and if you're one of these people that, that needs to feel validated and comfortable in the mission and purpose of what you are contributing to of the organization you're contributing to or the work that you're doing, mm-hmm. then trust me, it is not worth it. it not, none of these, none of these benefits pay other companies that have social, have social justice or sustainability on the side. None of that is worth sacrificing your values and finding a job that really, really speaks to those values for, mm-hmm. or creating your own job. I mean, you're, you've created, I mean, you've created most of the jobs you've worked for. Yeah, yeah. Six jobs I've created. Six yeah. jobs you've created. Yeah, none of them existed before. None right? of them existed before. Exactly. Yeah. And that's and, and that's what... You don't hear about that very much. You don't hear about that very much. You hear about getting a job, getting yeah, a job. Exactly. Did you get a exactly. job? Are you going to get a job? And you're <laughs> yeah. thinking, you know, but you can actually create uh, create jobs. So we, I know we're getting... So we, to, to me, at the end here, Rain, mm-hmm. we should uh, make sure we finish up with some... So what's a, what's the advice? So I think we've, we've set the table yeah. for... Uh, you know, I think generally what the experience can be like for these non-traditional business students when there's so many more of them now entering into business school, they're going to run into these kind of cultural challenges that we've heard where people are talked about as consumers, not as like whole people and citizens. Um, They're going to experience this sort of super highway to, to, you know, to the kind of the big company job, totally legitimate, right? Um, But again, this podcast is for, is, is for students who might want to take a different path. Um, so what's sort of your advice? Um, let, let me share, uh, I've got three quick ones that I will share. Go for it. I think the first one is, um, might be kind of ironic actually, but I, I want to state this first. I think get the knowledge. Yeah. In other words, we are not saying in any way that you should dilute your drive and your acquisition of business knowledge and tools. In fact, I would say just, I think we're saying just the opposite of that, right? You got to get the knowledge, get the tools, build the networks while you are there, right? Yep. Build, you know, strengthen those business schools, get those business knowledge and, you know, get that, get those internships. Uh, that's number one. I think number two is find your crew. So you got to find, uh, those other students like you who are the unconventional kind of business students. Mm. Uh, and I think you'll do that through some of the things we talked about, I think, in the first episode. Um, but I think, you know, taking the classes, you'll meet the students, you'll meet the faculty. I think get engaged with different centers that are focused on sustainability, corporate social responsibility, social entrepreneurship, impact investing, all those things. Get involved. That will be a way you can meet other students. Um, so I would say find your crew. And then my last bit of advice would be get out, <laughs> get out. And that is, I think you got to also get out of the business school. You've got to take other classes meet students in other environmental science programs, African-American studies programs, women's studies programs, you know, programs where they are 
uh, the whole purpose of those programs is to uh, deeply understand environmental and sort of social issues, both because it'll grow your network, but also, frankly, it'll kind of feed that passion, right? It'll help you sort of scratch that itch that you have uh, where you want to make a difference in the world. So those would be my three uh, bits of advice. How about mm. you? Now, you put a lot of pressure on me to have some really good bits of advice here. Um, <laughs> but the, I think, I think my, my first piece of advice kind of coincides with what you said, which is like, there is still a lot, there, there is still so much opportunity in business schools that you just have to, at a lot of times you have to just be aggressive for it, which mm -hmm. is, which, which is part of, which is part of gleaning into the culture a little bit, which is like to be confident, to be aggressive. Those are some great skills and great things that you can do while you're there. And like, mm -hmm. and like my dad said, to build your network, to get the skills, like, like go, but, but go after it in the way that you want to go after it, which brings me into my second piece of advice, which is be comfortable saying no and being firm on things when it's when it's specific to your experiences and that and that's as deep and that and that's as that's as deep as you know saying no to certain values mm. or objectives or goals mm. and as mm -hmm. simple as saying no to you know different business organizations or different mm. friendships or internship or job offerings mm. Mm. like my like mm -hmm. my my junior year I thought I really thought I wanted to go work for IBM because I thought they were going to be a great company and I would love it there. And I would really want to do what I was doing there. Mm -hmm. And I went and I had a great internship. I loved the people I worked with, but it wasn't, I, I realized that I didn't really enjoy it that much. And I did not end up going back for mm -hmm. a full-time position, mm -hmm. partly because I realized that my heart wasn't really in it. And that was one of the important things is in my final piece of advice is find what your heart is really in mm. and, and stick to it and, and like mm. sink your teeth into that. Don't let it go. And, and make, and, and like a, a little bit of that is like, make that part of everything you do, make mm -hmm. it a part of the jobs you go after mm -hmm. the, the content you create, the assignments that you do, like, like you can, like you can shape so much of your college career around what you really want it to be about, you know, mm -hmm. any assignment that's like open-ended mm -hmm. or, 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 you know, gives you some leeway to be creative, make it about what you want it to be about. Don't, don't let somebody else tell you what to do assignments on, what to make your job about, what you should spend your personal time doing. Find what is very true to you in your heart and sink your teeth into that. Say no to everything else. Feel comfortable cutting ties, saying mm. no, <laughs> you know, shutting down opportunities or organizations you don't mm. want to be a part of. You know, that that stuff will only make you stronger in what you actually want to do and, mm. and will make you feel better about it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's all it, man. So good. So good. Cool. Well, it's been a pleasure uh, spending time with you all. Thank you, man, for your wisdom. So yeah, always good. Always good. Episode three, the wrap up episode for, yeah. for students considering business school. Absolutely. Hope you guys enjoyed it. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you next time. Yeah, we'll catch you next week. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.